You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Now, the Franchise NBA Insider Show. Jerry Ramsey and John Hamm break down the NBA and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Stats, analysis, and opinions from the peak to the locker room to the road. No one has you covered like the Franchise NBA Insiders. Good Saturday morning, everyone. It is the Thunder Insider Show on 107.7 The Franchise. John Hamm with you today. No Jerry Ramsey. TV's Jerry is, he's north of us. That's all that matters. He's out of the state. Canada? Yes, it might as well be. Wait, where is he? Uh, I believe the, uh, the the cold reaches of Colorado. Wow. He's in Colorado. I'm jealous. Yeah, I know. I know. I I'm just kidding. Too. I'm here with you guys. That, that's better. There you go. That is Madison Morris behind the glass as always driving the show along with Chisholm Holland back again for the third consecutive week. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm a fill-in anymore. I feel like when I'm gone, I'm going to need a fill-in. <laughs> you're, you're like, I don't know, the, the fifth Beatle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, just uh, if anything happens to Ringo, man. You're in. Is radio like sports where you can't lose your job to injury? Because if so, I, I really feel like I should be the starter now. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, look, we, we've had to juggle up some things. I, I'm thinking about requesting a Saturday off. I don't know. I, I don't know when I need to get I think I need to request in. a Saturday off. No kidding. Maybe you and I just need to say, you know what, guys, you got it. No, it's, it's okay, yours. guys. I got it. I'll I'll take it from here. Like, I can do a forever show by myself for two hours. It's fine. The so Madison Moore. Except for not next week when I'm filling in for you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Except I think next week or, wait, is it next week or the week after? Yeah, I'm going to be gone too. Sorry. Of course, of course. You know what? One of these days, I'm just not going to be here. I'll see if this thing runs. I'll see if this train departs and arrives at the desk. It will. We Let, can just like pre-record it like on a Friday or something <laughs> and then just have someone come in here and run it on Saturday. We've talked about like a lot of our post-game shows, like recording it in advance Please. and then just have like dub in, you know, tonight, Kevin Durant scored 35 <laughs> points against the Raptors. <laughs> And just have it all filled in and, and just kind of... The Thunder lost. <laughs> I don't think you'd have to dub that part. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. We are going to be joined in studio here in a bit by Andrew Schlecht of Down to Dunk, uh, my friend, my buddy, my pal, uh, part of the OKC Dream Team podcast. Because, uh, uh, you know, we just we, we need to spread the joy around a little bit. You know, again, Brady is not here today. Jerry's not here today. Um, so, yeah, we're going to we're gonna bring in some folks and uh, enliven this join up a little bit. Heck yeah. yeah. Fresh voices. Fresh Voices. Is that like Fresh Horses? Is that like the, the Garth Brooks album? Same thing. Okay. All right. It's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> um, I noticed you, uh, when we came into the show, you were playing a song by Blake. And uh, so let's talk about the NBA final. I'm sorry, who? What? Oh, I'm sorry. Balake. Did I, did I say no, that No, wait. Wrong? That would be a, a Mr. Drake? Drake. Drake. Okay. Drake. Yeah. Uh, the NBA finals are going on. And uh, of course, in game one, Golden State rolled the Raptors, are off to a one. Uh, uh, hold on. Well, nope. I made an assumption there. The Raptors won. Yeah. The Raptors won game one. Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. It is kind of wild that like most of North America is rooting for the Canadian team here. Oh, absolutely. But Did you see that picture on Twitter? It's like um, everybody that's rooting for Golden State is in blue. The rest is in red. The entire country was in red except for California and Nevada. Right. And I think maybe Hawaii. Maybe Hawaii. Maybe Hawaii because, I mean, I don't know. They're out there. They're like five hours away. They're relevant. Yeah. 
So, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Raptors pulled off uh, pulled off a game one win. Now, of course, caveat, Kevin Durant did not play. Yeah. You know, that is a hindrance. No, wait, they've been like 30-1 and one without him in their past 31 <laughs> games. Uh, but no, I, I thought Toronto came out, and uh, th- there's some interesting stuff here, Chisholm. I mean, one of the things is, like, when Fred Van Vliet is guarding Steph Curry, um, Curry's having some difficulty. Yeah, the, the pick-and-roll coverage was so good by Toronto. It's one of those things where I'm like, okay, how does Toronto improve? I don't know how they could play much, Steph Curry much better than they did in Game 1. And basically, you know, Fred was doing a great job of going over the screen and pressuring Curry and trying to force him as far away from the three-point line as possible. Mark Gasol was doing a great job of trapping. And on the broadcast, they talked about this a lot, but Richard Jefferson actually mis- mentioned it on a Zach Lowe podcast yesterday. What they were doing so intentionally was Fred was dropping his hands as low as he could to the floor. And Mark was putting his hands as high as he could, basically saying, I'm going to stop the dribble, Mark's going to stop the pass, and we're going to play it that way. Which seems very obvious, but it's really easy to get caught following the ball, especially with a guy like Steph Curry. But basically, Mark's hands never came below his head, and Fred's hands never came above his knees. And it was flawless, where they got five or six turnovers that really forced Golden State to basically play from behind from the, the entire point of the game, because their offense was just stagnated by the fact that Steph couldn't get going. Now, Steph had a great game, but he also shot... 15 free throws, 14 free throws, somewhere around in that range, which Steph doesn't shoot that many free throws normally. Like, that's a lot for him. Um, so his offensive numbers seemed normal, but the style that he played in in the game was not a normal Steph Curry game. He was out of sorts for a lot of reasons, but his numbers showed up on the box score, so it's hard to see that. And I, you mentioned, like, you know, the hand placement stuff, and a few years ago when the Spurs and Rockets were in, uh, maybe it was the, the semifinals in the Western Conference. Are you talking about Patty Mills like this? Well, and, and like the eventually, I think it's like game two or game three, like the Spurs, it was almost like a chain gang. Like they had their, their arms like at their waist yeah. <laughs> guarding because they were trying not to reach in because anytime you did, of course, James Harden would flail and get to the free throw line. Right. And, uh, you know, that's part of the way that, that they defended him there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. These little things, coaching, you might say. Uh, it might almost like it matters. Almost like it plays a part in this whole thing. And Nick Nurse has been, I don't know, maybe he's the next Phil Jackson and we never really saw that coming. But, uh, <laughs> you know, here he is on the national stage. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know, Madison, that's uh, now we're talking about Kevin Durant is, you know, maybe he'll come back in game three or, or game three or four. I, I just do you think they're just trying to buy a little time with him, maybe? Um, yes, I think. Right now, I think the Warriors are trying to be fully confident about putting Kevin Durant back out there on the floor. Right now, I think they kind of came into this series not arrogant in a sense where they thought they could easily take this first win and then kind of coast along and then put Kevin Durant back in when they needed to. But I think right now they're trying to be extra careful with Kevin and just how he's doing in his healing process. But, I mean, I think they're going to be in a little bit of a bind now that they did drop that first game. No Kevin Durant. Obviously, he's already out for game two also. So now I think the Warriors are going to have to I don't know. They're going to have to pull together something, and maybe they're trying to heal Kevin Durant a little bit faster because I think now they're realizing, hey, maybe we actually do need Kevin Durant out there. And so I think it's just going to be a whole new ball game when he does come back in, whenever that's going to be. Maybe game three, maybe game four. But right now, I think the Raptors are feel- or they're feeling pretty good without Kevin Durant out there. I mean, the, the the Raptors are just playing confidently, and and Rachel Nichols, I didn't get to see the whole segment yesterday, but talked about some of this, you know. The the Golden State Warriors need Kevin Durant like the 96 Bulls needed Shaquille O'Neal. Okay, it's like he would have been a nice thing to have to be completely indestructible, but, you know, they could have got by without him. Right. I feel like Golden State, I mean, a lot of people are, 
the narratives coming out of this series are going to be fascinating. Uh, no matter what happens, if Golden State wins, if they lose, when when Durant plays, if he doesn't play, whether they need him or not, I, I don't know. But it's like this team is still really good, and they are clearly capable of making an adjustment and tying this thing up, getting back to Oakland. Yeah, the narratives literally just swaying from the far left to far right as humanly possible um, is really. It's just so glaring to watch in real time because before game one, Warriors don't need Kevin Durant. There's a possibility they could sweep them. A lot of people are picking the Warriors in six. This is going to feel like an easy victory. Maybe if Toronto's lucky, they can squeeze out a couple of wins here. Toronto wins games one. Oh, this Warrior team, I can't believe they won 50 games without Kevin Durant. This is incredible. Like, they're just so unta- Like, the narrative switches so far back and forth just from game to game. I'm going to stay in the camp that I think the Warriors are by far better than every other team in the league, including Toronto, and I'm going to stay with the stance that they're going to win this series pretty easily with or without Kevin Durant because I have no reason not to believe that. Yes, Toronto played a perfect game, but that's why I believe that might be standing alone. Like Again, I said it earlier, I don't know what part of the game you'd say, hey, Toronto can improve in this area. They played incredible defense. Their offense was patient at some points, forcing Golden State to play in the half court, and then Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry were incredible in transition at some points. Being able to switch back and forth between the pacing was incredible. They played the perfect game, but there's like 90 things I could say Golden State could do better. And they lost by nine in Toronto. So like that's my overall thought is Golden State's still going to walk away with this. Yes, it's a great game from Toronto. I'm very happy that they got to celebrate in Union City like they won the title on Thursday night. Uh, but even playing the perfect game, they still only won by nine on their home floor. Now, there are two areas of improvement. Kawhi Leonard, 5 of 14. Uh, Kyle Lowry, two of nine. You would you would think that's going to get better. So that is you know that is something where they could improve even as like you know Siakam uh, and Van Vliet sort of taper off a little bit. Unless they're just going to be superhuman this year, right? It's it's entirely possible. Andrew's joined us this morning. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, we're just talking a little bit NBA Finals here. Um, so is uh, I mean, are the Raptors are just going to sweep this thing, right? <laughs> That would be preferable for <laughs> me and my own heart. Um, man, they look good. Like that, I, to me, the thing about this Raptors team, I just don't know that the Warriors have seen a defense like this. Certainly this year they have not in the playoffs. They have not seen a defense like this. Because they didn't play the Thunder. That's why. (laughs) Remember the the January or so Thunder? Because they didn't play the Thunder in December, they have not seen a defense. Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I... I think they have a chance. And I've been a like hard line, like no one's going to beat the Warriors. Like that's just not going to happen. If KD doesn't come back till game four, like this Warriors team is really thin. And if they don't have Iguodala, and if he's not, if he's 50%, yeah, which is very possible, they've got a, the, the Raptors have a chance. I don't know that that would pick them to win it, but they've definitely got a chance. So injuries matter. In the playoffs, like like a significant injury could impact a series is, is basically kind of what I'm hearing. I mean, the Thunder don't know anything about that. <laughs> They've been pretty lucky in that regard. Good for them. I don't know. I mean, for years I heard like, you know, like that Russell Westbrook injury was not that big of a oh, deal. Shoot. And, you know, that wasn't that impactful. And, and uh, you know, and, and then also I heard from a lot of Warriors fans a few years ago that Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were not that important whenever the Warriors uh, won that first finals. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's, it's weird stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. We got a lot of draft stuff coming up because to me this is it is the end of the NBA season, yet also the start of the NBA.
NBA season because well, we it never ends. It's it, it's just like a recurring cycle all year long. It's the next chapter, yes. right? And oh uh, we we get the season wrapped up. We head right into the draft. We head to the off season. A lot more fun to come. So we need to take our first break here. Uh, we'll be back on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Make the switch. Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 1077, the franchise. Now, this is my favorite Drake song. Um, very, uh, very much a fan. This is a great Drake song. Yes, yes. It's the Thunder Insider Show. We know our music. <laughs> John Hamm, Madison Morris. Jism Holland back for the third consecutive week. Special guest Andrew Schlecht. We we love throwing that term special guest around oh, a lot. Special guest. It feels nice for for me to have the moniker this you, time. You are the special guest this week. Andrew Schlecht from Down to Dunk uh, sitting in with us this week as we talk about everything going on in the NBA. I know the Thunder haven't played in a while. It's been a minute since they've been on the floor. I get it. Uh, there's not a lot going on with them right now in terms of newsy type stuff. Yeah, there's the possibility of a couple of assistant coaching spots or Anthony Davis coming open or Anthony Davis. You never know. Um, you know, or Bradley Bill. I mean, I keep saying if Troy Weaver, the assistant GM of the Thunder, is installed as a sleeper agent with the Wizards, <laughs> maybe something could happen. I don't know. That's about uh, that's about all I can think of. But. Look, it's it's the season of change. Uh, you know, there's change. Uh, there's change in Houston on that's been happening. It's probably going to continue to happen. Um, Andrew, this is some of the weirdest stuff, man. Um, I understand, like, if you're kind of frustrated that you know you haven't advanced as far as you think you should, but your roadblocks the Warriors. That's a pretty substantial roadblock. And what in the world uh, is is ownership and everyone doing down there? It's it's honestly awesome, and I enjoy it more than the NBA finals. <laughs> Man, like Houston. So here's the thing: Houston and Oklahoma City are like in very similar spots. Mm-hmm. They have franchise players that are in in or close to their 30s. You have Chris Paul. Obviously, that's like a whole different issue. But you put everybody on the trade block. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. And you and you even mentioned James Harden, and you say. There's a chance. Why? Why? Who? What? Why are you doing that? Uh, it's unbelievable. And you have their owner that is coming forward and saying, "Yeah, Mac D'Antoni's agent did us a favor, yeah. ending contract negotiations, um, <laughs> because now we can fire him next year with no consequences." Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like, can you imagine Clay Bennett stepping to the microphone with Sam Presti and saying, "You know what?" That's fine that Billy that we didn't extend Billy. We can just fire him. We right. can What yes yeah. <laughs> like, This is great. I can't even imagine Clay Bennett. I don't even know what he looks like or what he sounds like. I have yeah. no idea. Yeah. No uh, clue. Uh, literally, uh it is Oklahoma law. You're prohibited from putting a microphone in front of him. I, I don't know if you know. It's a rule. Yeah. Uh it's a rule. No, it's it's so bizarre. And then the you know, the details came out that okay, Dan Tony's got one year left on his contract. Yeah. And again, for those of you that don't know, the Rockets have been really good since Dan Tony took over. And they've come up short in the playoffs. You know what Mike D'Antoni does? He wins a lot in the regular season and comes up short in the playoffs. This is the Mike D'Antoni special. Yep. This is what you get. Um, so, but, you know, the Rockets, again, have, have become a very successful team. They were sold for $2 billion because of, you know, the talented James Harden and, and everything that's been done down there. 
Um, so he's got one year left on his contract. Basically, I think most, if not all, of the assistant coaches have been swept aside. Um, you know, it's almost like that they are they are daring him to quit, and they offered him a one year extension because that is what you do. I don't know. Um, that would have had a small base salary with bonuses built in again in case they wanted to fire him, so they wouldn't have to pay him as much. I mean, it's just with bonuses that after the first round get a million dollar bonus for each round that you get. Uh, it's just completely weird uh, in terms of how they they structured this and and how they're offering it and how they're trying to sell it. And so I, I don't know, Chisholm. It, there's that is like the second second biggest drama in the NBA right now in terms of of, of like dumpster. That's fires hilarious. The and that's hilarious. That's number two. It's number two. Uh, it's and it's it's just wild to think that this Rockets team that has come to this point is has decided like this is what we need to do next is just be just crazy. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> to, to Andrew's point, I don't understand the value of putting James Harden's name in that report. Like, so that way maybe everyone doesn't feel like you're picking favorites. Like, right. oh, look, everyone's on the block. So it's not just a Chris Paul thing. Everyone's on the block. Unless Golden State was ready to give up Curry or something, maybe then the Rockets would be interested. I you know, I have no idea. I, I, I couldn't even come up with a fake trade where I would feel like that would even make sense. So that doesn't do you any value. And, and I'm by the way, I'm being facetious here. That's not going to happen. No. I don't, there is no value uh, other than saying, and by the way, he is off the table. Right. I mean, that, that is the only thing that should have been said, but to even, like, open that door just slightly, I don't know. It, it is just crazy. Yeah. I, we're, I mean, we're just weeks removed from Tyron Liu getting offered a three-year contract and him saying, that's not long enough, that's not chance, that's not even the market value right now for an NBA head coach. Five years is the minimum. And then they offer Mike D'Antoni a year extension? Yeah. We're basically going to put you on a two-year contract? Uh, this owner, who I obviously have no connection to, don't know anything about, the little I've seen... It's a little bit of a resounding, I think I'm the smartest guy in the room because I've made a whole lot of money outside of basketball, and I think I can apply that knowledge to basketball. Not understanding, this is just not how this works. Like, you just, you can't play hardball with a coach. You can't say you're going to fire a coach a year out because now why is any player going to listen to Mike D'Antoni this coming season? Like, this just, this feels like the Houston Rockets are about to have the season from hell. Like, where it's just like, we, there's a whole bunch of things we can't explain, but their season is just going down the crapper for no reason. They're so talented, but they're not winning games. It just feels like that's coming around the horizon. Yeah, it's it's stuff that could permeate throughout the organization. You like you say, are the players going to listen to the coach? What type of staff are, are they going to be able to get? Thinking, well, I'm just a short timer if I go down there, right? So, and this is pretty late in the process to be hiring an entire new assistant coaching staff. Yeah, to hire everybody. I mean, Luke Walton's already picked his entire coaching staff. Frank Vogel's already picked his entire coaching. Basically, any new coach has already filled out their staff. So now you're getting the leftovers of like six other guys. Right. Do you yeah. want the leftovers of the Lakers right now? I do not. <laughs> yeah, the Thunder are in the same in a similar spot though, because they could lose. They're going to lose a couple assistant coaches this summer. So Bob Byer, I, I forget if it's official or not whether he's taken the Sacramento job. It's been it's been rumored. It's probably safe to assume that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, after one year here in Oklahoma City, uh, there's reports that Mark Bryant, who has been in OKC forever, I think that didn't he come over from the Sonics? Yeah, he's like the lone coaching holdover that's, from. From the Sonics. From, from yeah. even Carl. Shut up, PJ. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I know. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, Mark Bryant, obviously, connection to Monty Williams, and Monty Williams may bring him in, maybe expand his role some. So there could be, you know, some openings here in OKC. I guess for me, OKC has always had Mark Dagnault, yeah. like like at the the He's, G League head coach, like ready to move up if if needed. And I guess there's always Perk. Perk could use another job. I guess Mark's our Nick Nurse. 
Yeah, maybe he is. Um, it's uh, it, there's there's a lot of movement, but I don't know, Madison. This when you think about this, is any of this rational from Houston's side? I mean, you can understand. Okay, we want to make some improvements, uh, and we want to make sure that we're better positioned themselves. But to actually put the entire house up for sale. I mean, I don't know. You, you kind of have to be realistic about this type of stuff because I kind of understand the frustrations coming from Mike D'Antoni because this is like this is his job. This is kind of a big deal for this organization to really know what's going on going into this upcoming season because exactly what you said, John, or maybe Chisholm said it. I'm sorry. Uh, Probably John. If it was smart, it was John. <laughs> yeah. um, so kind of what John was saying is like, you know, Houston has been so good in the regular season, and then they just kind of tank it in uh, the playoffs. So I think it's such it's such a better idea to have a good idea of what's going on coming coming into the season instead of just trying to throw together a bunch of stuff at the last minute because that's how things get really like unorganized throughout the season. That's how things kind of start to go down the crapper. So I mean, I kind of understand the frustrations, and I think Houston needs to do a better job about getting getting their things together uh, a little bit earlier. Yeah, and she said there's a lot of frustrations with this team, and I assume it's coming from ownership not meeting expectations. He basically paid $2 billion for what he thought was going to be hopefully an NBA Finals team. They didn't make it. Do you think maybe some of that's the fact that they were working so hard to get under the luxury tax bill? <laughs> like, when you watch Houston, you say, you know who they could have used? James Ennis. Because James Ennis was fine for Philadelphia. He wasn't great, but he was fine. But they just gave him away for free to get under a luxury tax line. And whose fault is that? Daryl Morey does not care how much the luxury tax bill yeah. is. That yeah. seems to be the ownership's fault. So... This is a great way by him deflecting it to, oh, it's D'Antoni, he's not a happy camper, Chris Paul and James Harden are fighting in the locker room. Oh, yeah, but we also had a less talented team because you decided you didn't want to pay the luxury tax. And and it's, I don't know, the irony is thick because of everyone that pounced on Oklahoma City for being so cheap all these years and they had a championship team and they didn't go forward with it. And there's a lot more context behind that. And obviously this situation is different. But now Houston, Andrew, is kind of doing that same thing and it dates back to last summer. And yeah, I mean, you're talking about Chisholm, that extra guy, that extra guy or two. That's what you go into the tax for. Um, sometimes you do it in your Oklahoma City and you're out in the first round. Sometimes you're Houston. You just need an extra dude or two for that one playoff series. And maybe it's a Trevor Ariza. Maybe it's a James Ennis. But that's where ownership, I think, failed this team. Yeah. And here's where I just don't get it. Like everybody knows Kevin's leaving Golden State, right? And generally the, the consensus. Yeah, they were the second best team in the Western Conference with the team they had, even ducking luxury tax. They're the second best team. Like they killed the Jazz in round one. Like we know that Jazz team's good. Like that's not a that's a really, really good team in the Western Conference. They beat them. And they take the Golden State Warriors six games. You took them to seven the year before. They're gonna lose their best player. Like what are you why are you doing this now? Like why don't you give yourself one more year? Your coach has one year left. Why are you putting everybody on the trade block now? Yeah. Especially when you have over half the league is going to be free agents. There's going to be a lot of guys sitting out there that where all the salary cap money is gone. Like It's going to be gone. And then there's going to be 20, 25 guys that are good that are going to say, I'm going to have to take the minimum. And if I can take it with Houston, that can push my value up and I can go get another contract next year. Like why? That's where I'm like, why are you doing this now? Like See what you have next year. You may have one more good Chris Paul year left. Use it. You're going to trade him for Lonzo Ball. You're going to trade him for Lonzo Ball. Okay. Or Kyle Kuzma. Lonzo Ball is a great replacement for Austin Rivers. He's a great replacement for Austin Rivers. He's not a replacement for Chris Paul. Right. For Chris Paul. I mean, the guy's never averaged double-digit points in his career. He's never played, you know, more than 60 games in a season. That's who you're trading for. 
cool. That's not going to do it. Like that's not going to put you in a good position. So now, according to some Lakers fans, he should have been on the all defensive team. So just he's got that going too. Man, those forty games, they were killer. <laughs> <laughs> man, I just that's where I'm just like, like why I'm I'm glad they're doing it. Personally, yeah, right. for a person that wants the Thunder to win. Great. Cool. That's awesome for us that you guys are talking about blowing it up and throwing your, your franchise center under the bus and saying that you might trade it. Well, okay, cool. Go for it. But like you were gonna head into next season as People were going to pick you as the favorite, and if you mess that up, you know that's your fault. Yeah, like, you go f- go for it. And I mean, Chris Paul again has got what three years, 124 million left on his contract. Yeah. Um, when people talk about you know, oh, Russell Westbrook's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, Chris Paul is is even further than that on the wrong side of 30. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I. He hasn't been on an all-star team. I think he was. Someone pointed out that he actually was named to an all-star team a couple of years ago, but injury kept okay. him out of the game. Uh, but hasn't been on an all-NBA team. Uh, that That is a very specific fit. And you, you mentioned Lonzo Ball and the Lakers, and we're going to get into the Lakers the next segment because, oh boy, that's, that's an even bigger uh, fire going on. And it's just kind of ironic how these are connected. But, you know, people are sort of connecting the dots, Chris Paul, to the Lakers because Lakers, desperate, need star player, need someone to play with LeBron James. Maybe that can come together. Uh, Chisholm, are they really going to go from, we might get Anthony Davis to, oh, yay, Chris Paul? Uh, <laughs> I sure hope not. Um, <laughs> that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the Lakers. I'm chair for the Lakers. Uh, I don't really see the value in there. But... Everything coming out of camp, everyone who I listen to who supposedly is in the know says the Lakers are going to walk with no, walk away with nobody. Like they're not going to come into the next season with the exact same team. They just they're just not going to do that. So if you get to the end of free agency and nobody wants to play with LeBron, which we have a lot of evidence to say that's true, but people think that there's a chance that they could sign someone this summer. No one wants to play with LeBron. They strike out on Anthony Davis because Gail Benson says they're not going to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, which they have said. Maybe Chris Paul is your last option. Maybe. And even then, I don't do it, but the Lakers feel like an organization who, after everything that's been going on, would be desperate enough to maybe do something like that. Now, And I don't understand it, to Andrew's point, from the Houston perspective at all. I don't understand that at all. Yeah. But, I mean, sure, the Lakers would do it, too. If that came together, would David Stern come out of retirement and block the trade? Yes. Would, would he come out and say... No, as as fiduciary of something, I, I can't let this happen. I, that would be great. I just want to get David Stern's reaction to this. Was that like eight years ago? Like yes. How, yeah, unbelievable. Was coming out of that lockout, and it's so funny because that is one that people say, well, David Stern as commissioner blocked the trade. Well, he was doing it because he technically was the owner of yeah. the Pelicans or the Hornets at the time, but, you know, it's a very gray area. Where did one job start and the other went in and so forth? It's but. an unbelievable thing that happened in NBA history because Definitely. it shaped the league. Yeah. If he goes to the Lakers, like that team has changed. They're not who they are. They're not in they're not even close to being in the position they are today if they get Chris Paul. And then what did the Clippers become? Right. I mean, it is league shaping. And then also New Orleans. Like New Orleans ends up basically getting Anthony Davis because that trade went the way it did. Like, it's a... Anthony Davis is somewhere else. I mean, it is a... The commissioner stepped in and changed the history of the NBA. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's really fascinating to think back to these flashpoints. Uh, and, and again, I could go on and on about what came out of 2011 that uh, in reaction to Miami and how that affected Oklahoma City and yep. elsewhere. Uh, that butterfly, man, it's flapping the wings. It's flapping <laughs> hard. So, uh, but yeah, you know, needless to say... Uh, 
it always changes around the league. So, And also what is changing, the NBA draft is coming up. We need to take another break, but when we come back, uh, we'll talk about what's going to happen at the top of the draft. Uh, Oklahoma City, again, the 21st pick. Andrew, I think, has some insight here on some guys they could go after. I'm going to start looking at prospects soon, other than Bowl Bowl. That is the other one that I'm familiar with. Um, I, will, I will look at a few others, but Andrew can get us filled in. So, But uh, yeah, we'll take a break, and we will be back on the other side on 107.7 The Franchise, 107.7 in Tulsa. Listen at work to the franchise players. Gabe Eichert, Kelly Gregg, and Jerry Ramsey. Weekdays noon to 3 on 1077 The Franchise. Little marshmallow for your Saturday morning. Who? Marshmallow. 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 Mar- John, you are not good at music. I've never seen that guy without a smile on his face. <laughs> He's just the happiest. He's a happy person. guy. My favorite part about being a constant member of the show now is that John's <laughs> dad jokes every week are just on point. <laughs> John does have pretty good dad jokes. I got the dad jokes. Also, Andrew, I was a special guest three weeks ago, and I've been here ever since. So don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't hang on that special guest. Thing. Andrew, get real comfy in that chair. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to take a Saturday off soon. John Ham with you this morning on the Thunder Insider Show. Uh, those are the voices of Andrew Schlecht, our special guest from Down to Dunk. Uh, Chisholm Holland, our ongoing special guest from <laughs> The Drive, uh, Monday through Friday, six through eight, and now permanently ten to noon on Saturdays, apparently. <laughs> and uh, the other permanent fixture of course madison morris i've been here y'all y'all You've are stuck here. with me you've also been baseballing uh the past i few days. have i have been baseballing and softballing uh oh man the past couple of days for sure but uh all last week too for the big 12 baseball tournament that was really fun um as of lately i've been doing a lot with the women's college world series obviously oklahoma is being dominant they were able to uh defeat oklahoma state single tier uh they beat oklahoma state last night six to one and uh that was actually a really cool game to watch just because it was pretty historical that was the first time that ou and osu have ever met uh on the college world series stage so i thought that was kind of a big deal obviously oklahoma is just a fantastic team led by great leadership with patty yasso and then of course i'm gonna wish my cowgirls the best of luck on their uh, remaining time in the College World Series, I believe they play today. They did fall, I think, like to the loser's bracket a little bit. But, uh, yeah, we'll just see what happens. But it's been fun. Did they find the guy who backed his truck up into the generator and killed the lights last that- night? <laughs> I heard the rumor that was the Oklahoma State bus. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I'm not being funny. That's really what I was told. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't, like, totally shock me. Yeah, so that was kind of weird. They were also saying that's the first time that's happened. And, of course, it happened at the Bedlam game. So a, a light like an entire light tower out in the right field just completely went out. And like, I get it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I actually was not physically there. We had Derek Parker there doing uh, good work for us, but did, did that really like affect the field that much that they had to stop play? Is that, is it like a safety issue? I didn't really understand like why they had to stop. I, I have seen this, I think in baseball games where if, if a section of lights go out or even in football, right, they have to, you know, they, they'll halt the game until they get the lights back up and going. Um, I don't know if, you know, if they don't want it to be a competitive advantage for one side or the other, or if it is like you say, a safety issue, maybe, um, but yeah, the, the the lights went out last night. Of, Crazy of all things, things. Crazy things were happening last night, y'all. Of all things, a softball game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State interrupted not because of weather. 
this nope. time of year. It's you know, it was here not in the Oklahoma. <laughs> it was played, a light fixture. I played right field growing up. Yeah, the ball never came to me anyways. Why didn't <laughs> <else> out there? <laughs> Who cares? It's almost like that's where they put the kid that can't field very well. Dude, I I chewed gum really well. <laughs> hey, easy, John. I played right field as well. Let's like watch it now. Yeah, well, I did too. That's why I'm pointing this out. I'm just saying. <laughs> when I played baseball, I kept finding myself in right field. Like, why does no one ever hit the ball my direction? I wonder, John. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I played first base for one game, and I felt so cool, but then the girl who actually played first base showed up late, and I had to move. And it was really disappointing. Wow. Yeah. They were like, oh, Morgan's here. You can go back to right field now. Like, okay. Uh, Thanks, Morgan. (laughs) Thanks, Morgan. Yeah. My my son uh, played uh, T-ball a couple of years ago. And, and, you know, Andrew, and you had some experience this morning. I do. As shaping the minds of of kids in this part of the country. (laughs) But, yeah, the point being is... Christian played a couple of years ago, so they all you know, you shift kids around to different positions, and you wound up at first base at one point, and um, that's a dangerous spot it is. for a five or six year old, yeah. and because uh, you never know, you never know what little Johnny's throwing from third base, okay, <laughs> or where it's headed. And sure enough, it 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 bounced, it came up, it hit Christian in the face. Oh, Christian's a very stoic guy. He's very stoic until he sees Mama. You and know. then when he sees Mama, everything <laughs> comes out. Oh, my God, it just hurts so bad. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, if it's me on the field, I'm like, son, are you okay? Fine. <laughs> Christy's there. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. So, uh, yeah, fun stuff all around in the state. Uh, there's more There's more baseball going on today, is that right? There is more baseball going on. So, Oklahoma State defeated Harvard last night. Here in Harvard. The- Harvard. Harvard. Um, can I just say something about the Harvard baseball team real quick? They sure. are so polite. I don't know. Shocker. Yes. They are so polite. They get in there after a shutout loss to Oklahoma State and how my sister called it the yee-yees because uh, they're from Harvard and we're, we're just the yee-yees down here. So... They have a two to zero shutout. Lost Oklahoma State. They get into the um, press conference room afterwards, and they send in one guy who actually did play, uh, the coach, and then one guy who did nothing at all. But he is the quote unquote team spokesman because he is a good speaker and someone who represents the team in a positive light. That's an idea. <laughs> yes, and he sits down, and we're all like. Who is this guy? Like he didn't even play. He's not on the like the roster of the guys who actually participated in the game because we we're looking at a box score and we're like this te- this name's not on here. Like what are we supposed to ask this guy? And so he's just sitting there, kind of like moderating the whole thing, and he is the uh, team spokesman. That's I, what we learned. After where that. else could we apply such an idea? We need it's their Nick Collison. <laughs> <laughs> They, they need someone to come and sit down and say, I would prefer to take the next question rather than answer this one. Please. Yes. Please. <laughs> also, you would think that Harvard would be able to afford like pants that actually fit their guys. Like They were just falling off of them. They looked like baggy pants, and I didn't quite understand like why that was a problem. That is that is weird. These are just some things I took away from this game. But anyway, back to what I was talking about. <laughs> anyway, back to what I was talking about. Oklahoma State is going to play tonight in the winner's bracket against Nebraska. And that game's going to be at 7 o'clock tonight in the Bricktown Ballpark. Excellent. So, yeah, baseball, softball, if you're into that sort of stuff. Uh, me, I'm a basketball guy. That's just... I used to be a baseball guy. I became a basketball guy. Well, if you don't have, like, six hours out of your day, it's yeah, really hard to watch baseball. Yeah, little difficult. Can you imagine, like, 
and I, I never watched like every baseball game of my favorite team. But could you imagine having to watch 162 like we watch Thunder games? No, no, no. <laughs> the answer is no. <laughs> like analyzing, scrutinizing, you know, day in, day out, double headers. I feel like I barely have time for 82. I know exactly. 82 is too many. It is far too many. Yeah. So I agree. Uh, but yeah, so the NBA, the draft is coming up. Um, I'm, I'm going. I'm going to go ahead and break a little bit of news here. I think the Pelicans are taking Zion Williamson first overall. Yeah. <gasps> Seems accurate. <clears throat> what? And I'm going to go ahead and venture out. Do you have Brett Dawson that? Is he an inside source? <laughs> I'll talk <laughs> yeah. to Brett and see what he has to say. Uh, and then I, I suspect the Grizzlies are going to take Ja Morant number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's how that's going to play out. Uh, I believe that there is a, a general feeling that Cam Reddish, despite having a little minor operation on his core, uh, is going to be the third overall pick. I R.J. Guess, Barrett. R.J. Barrett. Sorry. R.J. Barrett's the guy. Barrett. I, yeah. See, I get, I get these Duke guys mixed up. Mm-hmm. One's Canadian. The Canadian one goes third. Oh, okay. So that hoser is going to go third. Exactly. So the Knicks are rumored to be – they want to trade out. And that – you know, this is where you're starting to hear a little bit of trade talk here and there. I mean, one of the rumored uh, deals put out there was maybe Atlanta would want to move up. They've got picks 8 and 10. Yeah. Uh, and that extra pick is thanks to the Trey Young-Luka Doncic trade last mm-hmm. year. Maybe they want to move up and get up into one of those spots. But, I mean, this does sort of feel like teams are sort of jockeying to get up into that top three or four. And then after that, it's sort of – I don't know. It, it's I, I describe it as the DVD bin at Walmart. You just sort of dig in and and like, oh my god, Christmas vacation. I don't have that one, and, and it's a perfect fit for you. I I honestly think it would be a brilliant move for New York. I'm not, really. I am not a huge RJ Barrett guy. I I just I don't think he's going to be a star in the league. He has all the skills to be a star. I'm just not a believer. Are you did you say trading in general or the one that got rumored a few days ago about the Atlanta eight and ten? You get eight and ten for three. I, heck yeah. Okay. Like, I'm all in on that. Like, if they're going to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving this summer, which is what the Knicks assume, but the Knicks have assumed a lot of things in the past. Yes. Um, but if that happens, I don't want R.J. Barrett on that team. I don't. I would rather pick two guys at 8 and 10. I'd rather have Cam Reddish and then, like, a Rui Hachimura or uh, some some guy like that or even Brandon Clark. Out of Gonzaga, who's like a great role player guy. Like that's, I would rather have two bites of the apple from two guys that are going to be really cheap moving forward, and can have some upside. Because if those guys can grow, that's great. Uh, R.J. Barrett's going to want the ball in his hands. He's a guy that needs the ball to score. He's not a good spot up shooter. The guy cannot go left. What's no, <laughs> no, he can't go right. He's left handed. He cannot go right. Uh, I would stay away. I would stay away from him if I'm New York. If you're a team that just needs somebody to score the ball, if you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, you don't need that. If you're Atlanta and you're still building, like, yeah, that's I think it's a deal that makes sense for both. As long as New York actually makes this dream come true. Yeah, and that's the that's the thing is this is the problem with the draft before free agency. Right. Um, you know, there's a lot of conversations on how those should be flip flopped. I've I've come around to that in a lot of ways. I do think that having free agency first and then filling in through the draft after the fact, you know, could make things a little more interesting and may, maybe make more sense. Yeah. Uh, in terms of team building, but you know, it, that's that's not what we have. Um, you have the Lakers at four. Um, you know, again, I, I think a lot of people are, are kind of figuring DeAndre DeAndre Hunter is going to be the guy for them, yeah. uh, or he's going to be trade bait to go get someone else to get LeBron someone uh, now. Um, so, but yeah, then then after that, 
again, I, I talk about it, it's kind of being a mixed bag, trickling all the way down until, you know, the Thunder pick at 21. So some of the guys at 21, again, mock drafts are going to be all over the board. Mm -hmm. um, you've looked at a lot of these guys. Uh, just, just kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about what the guys that you like, what you've researched, and, and maybe what to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, the guy that most people want is Tyler Hero out of Kentucky. He can really shoot it. Uh, he is 6'6". He's a shooting guard. Uh, he's just a pure shooter. He's got short arms. He's not a great athlete, uh, but he's going to be a great spot-up shooter. And he can also shoot coming off screens. And so he's a guy that people really like because it's like, Thunder don't have shooting, Tyler Hero shooting. And like <laughs> you put those together, and then that's the guy that we want. And so I don't know that I love Tyler Hero. I don't know that he's a guy that projects to be a even potential starter. I think he's a role player. He's 19. He's young. He's kind of skinny. I don't know if that's a guy that's going to play on this Thunder team in the next couple of years. He might just because he can really, really shoot it. But it, and he tries hard on defense. Uh, but if he can't defend, you're not. If you can't defend, you're not playing for Billy Donovan. Like that's just not going to happen. Uh, and and also like if you have Andre Robertson coming back. And if they do, I, I would rather acquire a veteran wing than try to use a wing in the draft to play next year. You also have Hamadou Diallo coming up. Like, what is he going to be? So, like, the opportunities aren't really there. I look at f the four position and think there's a spot there, and there's guys that are ready to play next year. There's this there's this guy out of Croatia. His name is Luka Samanic. Luka. I like it already. Right. 6'11". Forward. Luca son of, son of what? <laughs> Samanich. Samanich. Yes. That'll be really easy for the PA announcer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I think he might get a nickname here in the South. Go ahead. He's a... He's Sami. A, yeah, Sami. <laughs> he's legit, and he's a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He can really shoot it. He's a really intuitive rebounder. He can pass. I, I like him a lot. He's improved as a defender. His body's starting to fill out a little bit. Last year, people thought of him as like a late second-round pick, a guy that you just wouldn't even go near. He's starting to move up into the into the first round a little bit, and he's super-duper skilled, and he plays the four, and that's what I feel like the Thunder need. And so like, he's a guy I would look at. Nick Claxton out of Georgia is a guy that people have looked at recently. He's more of a center, but I think he can kind of play a little bit of both positions. He's not crazy skilled, but he plays with just amazing effort. I feel like he's a guy that could come in and play a little bit next year. Uh, for OKC, uh, so those are those are a couple guys that are gonna be available there. Grant Williams out of Tennessee, he's six seven. He weighs two hundred and forty pounds, and he's got like five percent body fat. He's just a super strong player. He's kind of like a little David Westy, and that he can shoot it a little bit from mid range. He's gonna rebound. He's gonna hustle. He can defend. He's a guy that can come in and play next year for. For the Thunder, I believe. So, like, they've got options at that position. And there's a lot of guys that I really like. And I think there's wings out there that make some sense for them, too. Matisse Teibel is a guy that people have rumored to to be on the Thunder's radar. He's a wing that can really defend. Uh, he's got good length. He's a really good athlete. Uh, he's, he's not a good offensive player. Like, he's just not. He might be able to hit a corner three in the NBA. He shot 36% from three in, in the NCAA, which is a good sign, but you don't exactly know how that's going to translate all the time. So, uh, But he's an interesting player that will be available in the 20s. 
but they're honestly, uh, the more I look at this draft, the more I'm like, there's probably like five to ten guys that I feel like could really stick in the league as a role player. And I feel like the Thunder have a lot of good options. So if you're looking at the CBS Sports mock draft here, Chisholm, uh, their latest mock draft has Cameron Johnson from North Carolina, six foot nine, about 110 pounds, I think. Uh, but he is a stretch four shooter. 110 pounds? I'm, I'm being a little uh, facetious. <laughs> but He's <yes>. tiny. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Cameron Coming from Johnson. the girl who weighs 80 pounds. <laughs> Cameron Johnson is, uh, again, you talk about a guy that can, play, that can come in and play in the front court and possibly shoot the basketball. Um, you know, maybe that's an option for him. Yeah, maybe. Um, again, I, I've said this for a few weeks, and I, the front court option, it probably makes sense because Nerlens Noel is going to walk away and Patrick Patterson's decomposing corpses still on this roster. I assume they're going <laughs> to give him another chance, but call me, call me skeptical that it's going to work out for the third year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need front court help, and I get that. But like most Thunder fans, but myself included, I'm just infatuated with the fact they just have to get another somebody on the bench who can do something. And just being able to create, and if, you know, all these people that Andrew are listing, and he's saying that they can pass and they can shoot, like someone like that makes a lot more sense to me. Um a guy who's going to be a little bit of a project, and it's going to be, well, he's a role player, he's a finisher, but he can't create his own shot, he can't create shots for others, he's basically just going to be an outlet pass, like kind of like Serge Ibaka was, like Serge was never doing anything other than shooting, like that was, if Serge caught it, he was going to shoot it. Like, people like that are generally the direction the Thunder go a lot, I just don't think that makes sense for this team. I think they need somebody on the bench who can do something with the ball. And that's why I liked Jeremy Grant when coming into last season, coming off the bench, is because I felt like he could do a little bit of something with the ball. Did I think he was a better player than Patrick Patterson? Probably not. But they just had nobody who could do anything other than Dennis Schroeder. They need to fill that role. Now, whether that's a veteran wing, uh, like Andrew mentioned, or that's someone in the draft, I understand spending capital in a place where you just have an empty roster spot. But I think there's going to be a lot of guys out in the market in the free agency period who are going to take cheaper contracts, who maybe they could fill the front court need with a veteran and get a little bit younger out on the perimeter, somebody with some creativity and stuff like that. That's where I would go. So nothing against the North Carolina kid. I'm sure he's great. Uh, but as far as what I see for this team needing in the draft, they need younger front court players who can create. Yeah. Cam can really shoot. Like he can't, like he will be a 40 plus percent shooter. And he's more of a wing than he is a four. Because the fours in this in the NBA will just destroy him. Mm. Like he just will not he will not work as a four. So I think he's more of like a backup three. Uh, he's just he has no strength and he's twenty three already. So oh, it's not like yeah. he's like a nineteen year old skinny guy that's going to fill out. Like he's twenty three. He'll fill out some, uh, but he can really shoot it. Like if you just need a guy that can just sit and hit a spot up shot, like that's the guy. He may not last till till twenty one. The guy that I really hope lasts, and this will. Please Chisholm, because this is my guy, Nikhil Alexander Walker. He plays Shea Gilders' cousin, right? He is. Okay. Yeah, which is funny because they both have two last names. Hyphenated. Um, <laughs> uh, Virginia Tech guard. He's six foot five, two hundred five. He's a do-it-all guard. He can handle. He can pass it. He can shoot it from the outside. He can create. He's a Malcolm Brogdon-esh. Player. Like he can, he's he's a guy that's going to come in the league and he's going to do a lot. I don't know if he'll end up being a starting level player, but I think that he's going to be a creator off the bench. I really like him. I would be surprised if he makes it to 21. Uh, I talked to Sam Vecini, who covers the draft uh, for the Athletic yesterday, and he said it's a 50-50 shot that he's available at 21. Right. And so that to me is a just a slam dunk pick for the Thunder if he's available. 
because he he's a guy he's I don't know if he's going to be completely ready next year but he's a guy that he'll be better than some of the wings they're throwing out there at the end of the season you know and so I I think that he's a guy that you can develop and even in his second season which will be Paul George's last year he's a guy that could come off the bench and give you 10 to 12 points and handle the point guard duties for five to ten minutes in a game. He's not a pure point, but he's a guy that can handle and run a pick and roll. Uh, so I like him a lot. He's he's a guy that can shoot, pass, and dribble. Yeah. And the Thunder don't have a lot of those guys. <laughs> and not to step on your podcast, because I listened to it this morning with Sam Vecini, and I might be have this incorrect. Cam Johnson is the guy that he compared to Steve Novak, right? Or he heard the comp of Steve Novak. Yes. Yes. Is that someone that we really... Like, that would not get me excited. He, he did the double discount thing after making yeah. threes in New York. Steve Novak was uh, <laughs> a player. He was a coach's son. That's like Steve Novak was in the NBA and he was a coach's son. That's the no. two things I know. He's definitely more athletic than Steve Novak. Okay. Which is not saying a whole lot. That's a low bar. <laughs> That's so, going to say. It is. But Cam it's like saying I weigh more than Madison Morris. It's a low bar. <laughs> if, if Cam like ends up on the Spurs or something... He's going to be great. He's going to be great. Or if Atlanta gets a hold of him and he just stands out there and just makes threes. Right. Everybody's going to be like, why didn't the Thunder get that guy? Like, look at him. He's made a three. um, So it's – I think that he's going to play in the NBA. But as far as, like, defending at a high level, I think with the Thunder, like, you're looking for – can this guy play in the playoffs? Cam Johnson, I don't know. Alexander Walker, like, I think that guy can play in the playoffs. Right. Because you, if he's if you apply pressure to him, he's going to be able to dribble out of it. He's going to be able to make a good pass, and with and that's to me those are the guys. I think that Luka uh, Samanich will be able to play in the playoffs. He's tough. He can do a lot of different things. Grant Williams out of Tennessee, that guy can play in the playoffs. He's tough as nails. Um, but there's going to be guys like Bull Bull. Will Bull Bull play in the playoffs? I don't know. I, I think he's going to dominate the league, but look, that's just me. <laughs> I've seen the high school tapes. He looks awesome. So Maybe Detroit will, will take him, and then he can be paired with Thawne Maker. There you go. Oh, please. Please. Oh, the league's not ready for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to be some fun stuff. And, and what I want to talk about, and we've got to take a break here in a bit, but I want to come back and talk um, about these picks in the 20s. And more and more of these guys, you're finding more guys – in the 20s these days that that are really useful and you know people are going to go back to tony parker years ago he was a late first round pick that obviously turned out well for the spurs but it it feels like the 20s is not just a grab bag anymore i feel like that there is like there's talent to be had andrew you talked about this draft being pretty deep so uh you know it's possible okc is able to utilize this pick either to get someone that can help or use it to help get someone else in, you know, that can help the roster next season. So uh, a lot to talk about there and more. So, but in the meantime, we need to take a break. It is the Thunder Insider Show here on 107.7 of the franchise. John Hamm, Chisholm Hollum, Madison Morris, special guest Andrew Select. When we come back, we're going to talk about all of that and more. Get back to the NBA Finals. Do the Warriors need Kevin Durant? Eh, we'll see. We'll talk about that. We'll catch you on the other side here on 107.7 the franchise.